0: are recording now
1: okay well knowing knowing that you can edit um I'm go- it's okay if I pray for us first. yeah
0: absolutely
1: okay You've got all the marks mother god I thank you for this time in this space I thank you for john and amber and lisa and katrina and for myself and for the wisdom that you have blessed each of us with god and i thank you for the relationship that we each have with you and that we have with each other i pray god that you would center us in this time may you quiet our minds and hearts and bodies still any fear or anxiety that we might be carrying. Give us spirits of confidence and humility and curiosity and generosity and love. And I pray, Lord, that you would guide our conversation and we we trust and we pray that You would lead the words out of us that you desire to be in the world and that you will guide, that you will guide the way of this conversation. And we pray that it will be a portal and a channel to to knowing you more deeply and more fully. I pray in your holy name, Lord, in all of your names, including mine. we going to open our time of conversation about God as mother with just a couple of scripture verses. First we'll hear from Isaiah. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. And then from Job, God asks Job, from whose womb comes the ice? Who gives birth to the frost from the heavens? And finally, from Luke, Jesus cries out in a motherly fashion and says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. How often I have longed to gather your, chi- your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. So we hear in those verses that, um, that the idea of God as mother is not foreign to, you know, to our history, to our story as a church. And yet, it's not one we encounter often, and so I'm curious to just start with. Maybe both. What does what does that phrase God as mother? What does that hold for you? What do you see when you hear it? And also a little bit about your history with it. Is it is it new to think about God as mother, or is it is it something you've sat with for a long time? Does it come from your childhood? Does it come from your adulthood?
2: Can jump in. the phrase "God as mother" comes um, comes to me is is comes to me now as an adult, um, but was not familiar to me growing up. Um, and I was thinking about this earlier today, uh, having grown up in a single parent home. Um, actually, with my mom my my dad passed away when I was eight, and um, I think my focus was always on God as father um, and part of that would be what I was taught, um, you know even just reading in the scripture the lord's prayer um, and what I was taught in my church and Um, And then I would also say a large part of that of my relating to God in that way comes from losing my dad at a young age and um, feeling that whole and longing for God to be my father and really the sort of how distant that was, um, and yet that longing. So there is a lot in there. So um, for me personally, uh, so I, I don't think that I reflected on God as mother until <clears throat> maybe some as my kids were born. Um, and getting pregnant the first time I... Uh, was pregnant with my daughter, Kira, but not even then, I would say it's more been recently in the last five years
3: Katrina that's interesting because I too feel like it's a very newer um idea and Like, like you, I think there's just this being raised, this childhood, um, faith, upbringing that the language of using God as mother did not exist. Um, it was definitely through a male lens. Um, and I I think when we moved to Pittsburgh, I was invited to be a part of a small group with the open door ladies. And we were going to read, we read Dance of the Dissonant Daughter by Sue Kid, Kidd. And I remember feeling so prickled by the idea of God as mother, feminine qualities. And, um, and so I would say probably about 10 years ago too, with having my first child, um, the idea of god as mother or having these mothering attributes um, started to ripen in me um along with my childhood faith upbringing i also had a very um challenging relationship with my own mother um i also belong to a religious group that is a cult <laughs> um where women had to be submissive and quiet, and so along with that, there weren't there weren't women to look to um, as being pillars in my Christian faith, and therefore it just wasn't a part of the way I would identify or see God. Um, but yeah that is that has shifted. Mm -hmm. within the last few years yeah
0: has that shift been like a difficult a difficult shift has there been tension within you as you've kind of experienced that shift or has it been really natural I don't know for me I thought it was really natural and then I like it I kind of get pulled back and forth sometimes not that I want to go back but i still have these like negative feelings sometimes when i when i hear people um using the terms for god that i didn't grow up with and i I was like probably like like you all taught that that was not okay that uh, addressing god as feminine was not an okay thing Mm
3: -hmm. I guess I was a little bit more curious about what you mean, kind of the tension, John, because I I don't feel like, I think maybe the tension for me, which seems newer is, um, I think there's just more awareness put towards the language around God. And I honestly am trying not to use either pronoun. And I know that that is part of, who we are as people, we like to categorize. We like to put things as a she or he. And I and I know that's probably a lot of just our wiring as people. Um, I I've been trying to work really hard at not doing that. And and I think a lot of it is is too because, you know, the the language we're using around um non-binary peoples and mm-hmm. and it's it feels funny and weird still, but I um so it's speaking, I guess, directly to the use of pronouns for God, I feel like I've been trying to avoid those, and which does kind of leave this, like, God is, who is God then? If we can't, like, put a gender on God, in some ways, it, it leaves that uncomfortable feeling. Um, but I think it also becomes more expansive, seeing God in that way. Um, so, yeah it's
2: a growing point um it's interesting i can remember in my days of working in campus ministry and um in our classes our biblical training and um i remember actually really that also this something um John, that you just said just triggered that memory in me. Um, I remember being introduced to, um, you know, the wisdom literature and wisdom, mm-hmm. the, uh, meaning Sophia. Yeah. And so this idea of um, wisdom having this feminine root to it and this feminine... Um, and And then into the discussion of the scriptures and gender male masculinity and femininity in scripture and I did now in my memories you, this triggers my memory actually of reading quite um, quite a few books on feminism in the scripture. Mm-hmm. And um, that, that was a very rich time for me. Um, And it, it was very intellectual though. That's what I feel like, like that was a very intellectual endeavor. Even reading those books, it was, you know, theologically oriented. And um, so in a sense, like it was not, it didn't touch me in my, my, my body. Hmm. Um, That the femininity, the feminine, feminism, however you want to use that word in scripture, um, it's there. Yes, male and female are there, the aspects of God, mostly though male um, pronouns, but it it didn't touch me in my body. It didn't Hmm. touch me in like my identity. Um, But I do want to acknowledge and give credit to the um, organization and community I was a part of because of that, even that teaching. Um, and, And we were valued, women were valued in that organization. But at that time, even in the 90s, no discussion I mean the word you know binary for mm-hmm. gender art um, was not in our vocabulary at all uh, was not at all taking place as a discussion or as a reality that it is today okay so um, even even that kind of progress and that kind of growth and learning you know today there's so much more. Um, the whole gender is, the whole idea of gender is blown wide open, it feels like. And, um, and so it's, it's, that's just interesting to me. And I think the other piece that is interesting is the embodied piece. I don't think it was until I started having children that, one, I realized the level of my disembodiment or my disconnectivity with my own feminine feminine self, Mm -hmm. which raised a lot of anxiety for me. I struggled with postpartum depression, and I think that that my understanding of my feminine self, that was a big part of that um, that I couldn't name at that time, or I didn't quite have the words to name in the way that I can now. So, um, I, I think the whole process of coming into my own body and my own self and that healing of getting in touch with my feminine self has opened up a new understanding of God. Um, that just wasn't there before and it wasn't there. And I didn't know what I was missing. Hmm.
0: Um,
2: I just didn't know. It was just unfamiliar.
0: I, have, I had a, just another memory that just came back to me. The reality that I, the first pastor I ever had was a woman. Um, so she was an interim in a Presbyterian church. Um, that is a very conservative Presbyterian church and we didn't know as a family that we were coming into a divided church because they had they had hired a female interim pastor Um, and I think there was a lot of difficulty in the church around that time and I didn't know it then but the other thing that right around that same time there was this, there was this publication in the Presbyterian church called the Presbyterian layman. Mm -hmm. And it was like super conservative. um, And there was a, there was a big write up in there. And I was, I don't know, 10 years old when I saw this. And for some reason I read it, a big write up about how at the general assembly, they used the word Sophia for God. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And then, I mean, you're in the scriptures. The wisdom of God is personified, um, and a, a feminine term is used. And then, even into um, into the apocrypha, then it it really becomes even more evident that uh, you know it, that wisdom is the feminine uh, side of God in Ecclesiasticus. Um, but I didn't know any of that, and uh, you know this article said that. Uh, Presbyterians were were worshiping this uh, this goddess. They used the word goddess, and uh, you know it was just paganism. Um, so yeah, when I learned that, oh wait, this is in the Bible. <laughs> this is this is scriptural. Way later, um, I had already been like drenched in the idea that this is a, a pagan thing to use feminine terms for God. And so I I had a lot of deconstruction to do around that.
4: Mm -hmm. I think for me, um, I have similar thoughts to what has already been mentioned, but I think, um, you know, again, the God, the idea of God as being mother is new. I grew up similar to what other people have said in circles that um, just um God was father and that's how it was and yet for me I also have a mom that is very um she is a go getter and she is very much um I guess I would describe her as having uh, jobs or careers and fields that are traditionally more ma- thought of as more masculine and so um I think for me part of the exploration of God as feminine has been this idea that, um, you know, in a more traditional way, oftentimes we think of feminine characteristics as nurturing or as tender. And um, yet, that is not a side of my mom that I really have experienced. And so part of my um, journey I I guess that's how I would call it into what God as a mother or God as mother looks like is been through my own mothering experience of starting to explore these more traditionally feminine aspects of myself. Like what is tenderness and nurturance look like? Um, And I think of that scripture in Matthew that talks about if your child asks for bread, you wouldn't give your child a stone. And so You know, how can I learn about um, God as a mother through my own mothering experience? And also, I mean, certainly through my mom, but also through the community of mothers that I'm a part of, too, um, through watching other moms and how they nurture and are tender to their kids, through interacting myself with other women who are older than myself and are more, um, have those tenderness aspects that they display towards me. Um, so I think that's just been another piece of my journey on God as mother.
2: Gosh, I love that
3: that piece too, Amber, of just um the act of being mothered by other women. I'm drawing to mind mostly women here, but I mean I would even put my husband in that of um Gosh, and all of you, women, Katrina, Amber, and Lauren, and others, um, have been instrumental in that. In that way of learning what it is to mother, um, and to let myself be mothered through your kindness, through. I mean. Mm -hmm. Katrina, you took me out to coffee, I think, after my first kid was born, and I I felt like that moment, too, of, like, my mom geographically lives so far away, but you mothered me in that moment, right? Just the the care, um, the attentiveness, the understanding, um, and I think, too, of, yeah, just so many other people who mother that don't actually have the... Offspring, should we say? But yeah, in the ways that I have felt mothered, even through therapists um, <laughs> that I've loved, and um, just yeah, poets. I mean, authors. I, I think it all exists that God is in in that, um, allowing me to be mothered through these other um, people in my life. <clears throat> Katrina, you had mentioned something too about just knowing um, Finding your femininity or finding this feminine part of yourself in your body. And I also, that occurred to me that um, it was around that same time that I first did yoga. And I think it was with you <laughs> first. But that has evolved for me as a way of seeing um, wow, I have the strength within me and this ability. Mm-hmm. And that has sparked so many other things, right, of kind of reparenting myself and mothering myself oh mothering my children and all of that. But I think in that becoming familiar with my own body, becoming familiar with how to trust myself, um, because, again, reminded that God dwells within me um, in that connection of how I am an image bearer of God, right? And so – I think it just became that, like, I have this voice and I have this strength and let me indwell it and connect it. Um, Because like you said, I think too, there was such a disconnect. Um, And so becoming familiar with that feminine part of myself has been powerful and has allowed me to experience God um, in such a profound way. Yeah. That's
0: really interesting because one of the, People that comes to mind <clears throat> for me right now is one of my best friends. Who his his wife is uh, very successful in business, um, and he has stayed home with his kids. Um, and and the idea that a male um, had like I, I think he has a lot of courage in in the lifestyle that he has, but he's a great parent to his children. But it looks a lot more like a mom. Um, in many ways because he, or what we would traditionally think of as a mom who stays home. Um, and I don't know. I just think that understanding God as, as having the, the best that we can imagine of both male and female parent, um, like we can learn from that. I can be a better, uh, nurturer to my children, um, Alyssa can be a, a better, whatever you think a father is traditionally going to do disciplinarian, uh, whatever it may be. Um, But to see my friend, Andy, he's been a role model to me to see um, how great a father can be that isn't afraid to be the nurturer um, of his children. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think about that?
2: I think it takes a lot of strength to nurture
0: Hmm. whether female or male.
2: And I I think nurturing is an embodied, it's hard to nurture without that connection from your heart and from your gut. Nurturing is not a head thing, it's a body thing. And that's what I love about that scripture, you know, where Jesus cries out in that motherly fashion, you know, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Just that longing, that longing that he's expressing Um, and that longing to gather in, you know, it's, it's not something that feels intellectual. It's, you want to take your arms out and you want to, you want to pull in, you know, it's a very, very, um, visceral, visceral is the word I'm looking for, um, experience uh and i um i find that fascinating you know uh that in scripture like in these these moments of relational longing or birthing giving birth coming you know giving birth coming Um, And that's why I think it takes really great, amazing, a lot of strength takes a lot of connectedness and strength to, to nurture. Mm -hmm. It's not something that we intellectually assent to. (laughs) It's by nature relational. And I do believe fully that men and women together. I, I, and can nurture. I believe it's a human, it's a human trait. Mm. Um, Sometimes I see, I'm not naturally nurturing, which, or I didn't see myself as that way, that was part of the disconnect. That was part of the healing that I believe my kids, that was the opportunity for that healing to take place, for that connection to take place in me and to begin to nurture. But sometimes when I look at BJ, he is just, he so desires connection and he's so much, I almost can get jealous. Like he, I got jealous. He'll just naturally connect and, and be, be with our kids. And I'm over, you know, in the corner feeling like I don't know how to get in there. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, not literally in the corner, but but uh, I, I think that I kind of, like Lisa, I think you were saying this earlier, like the, the opening up towards rethinking gender altogether, like the idea of binary or just blowing it open um, can be a beautiful thing because I'm, because God is not defined we don't have to understand god in those narrow categories and therefore that blows open who we can be whether we're male or female
0: i think that's the powerful point understanding the the bigness of god blows up who the best human being that we can be
1: Mm. my my upbringing was very different um like I, I hear for all of you the the journey to that there was this that it was dangerous that there was a sense of like transgression in thinking of God as female and um my experience growing up from my parents was that yes, you you know I grew up in the Catholic Church, and yes, there's a lot of language around God as father. And I was always told, and that is limited. That is limited. That is false. God is beyond gender. God, you know, we're all created in God's image. And,
4: um,
1: like I I remember my dad asking me as a kid, Lauren, how would you describe God? And I like described what the priest looked like, like this, you know, old white man, like on a cloud. And my dad was like, nope, false, (laughs) you know, try again. Um, and, And so I always, like, I've always had that sense of God being genderful and God being genderless, but I didn't, I didn't have that language. And I would say it's not, it it was not until I became a mother to a daughter that it became very important to me to explicitly use feminine language for God, because I've been doing that work in my own head but I don't want my children to have to do that work in their own head or in their own bodies. I don't want them to have to be constantly making that leap of like, oh yeah, we say God is father, but that's not like, we know God so much more than that. I mean, that's what we say, but we know he's more like, we know God is more like, no, actually, I actually want language and I want images around all of it because I don't think God is just father and I don't think God is just mother. And I don't think, um, but I do think it's, important to spend time with God you know I think about embodied Katrina like if we're all created in God's image I think it's very important to spend time with God as like as these real roles
2: hmm. mm-hmm. yeah I mean I I think we first come to relate to God in the in the roles and the names for which we're given
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and that's very important there there's because then we have something to uh, deconstruct <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> when it comes time that it's not working anymore we have something to let go of something that is not working and needs to change
0: and Lauren, as Protestants, we don't we don't know what to do with Mary um, other than ignore her, except for maybe once a year. Um, can you talk a, a little bit about being growing up Catholic um, and kind of what what it was for you to to have Mary in your in your theology in your in your prayers even?
1: Yeah. Mary, for me, and like the, the kind of Catholicism I grew up in, I would say that Mary is like the archetype for human relationship with Jesus is like the ultimate of what Mm -hmm. we can be as humans. So she wasn't, um, you know, she's not God, but that's always very clear. She's not God. Mm She's, she's huge. She's as good as we can get. She's like, you cannot get more intimate with Jesus than burying him in your womb. Mm. Um, And she's, so in that sense, like she's a, she is a portal for connection with Jesus. She is a way to um, approach him. Sometimes Jesus isn't approachable. Sometimes, you know, we joke like it's, uh, you know, it's easier to talk to the mom. Um, (laughs) And, yeah, so I would say that that I would imagine, you know, Lisa, you said you didn't have strong female um role models. Like there was always that sense that the best, the holiest, the most I could ever desire, like was was embodied within a female. Um hmm. and she's not, and she was never God. Like she was never, yeah. So that, so in that sense, like that still felt missing to me. um, The sense of like the feminine face of God. Mm -hmm. She's, I mean, she's very much like, I I know she's very much seen as an archetype of that. And I do think that that's why she's um, venerated as much as she is, is because we're missing that feminine face, Mm -hmm. but she's not actually.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And all the saints are, are, our. Uh, our role models and yeah. so that's a yeah that's a good way to see mary as the archetypal role model for us to um to be some of the best humans that we can be and isn't it beautiful that it's a woman who is in the catholic in the catholic theology the the, the closest that we can get to um i don't know to to Jesus in that way. And I mean, she was, she physically was his mother. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow.
3: I like how, um, Jan Richardson has talked about just retelling the story, like Eve's story right from the beginning. I think again, using retelling the story through, um, the eyes of a woman, you Mm -hmm. know, and to think about all of these, female saints, you know, identified as female, you know, and just, I think that's been part of my work is like relooking at, at Mary, you know, and thinking, how is she, what is the script I've been told growing up? Right. And then let's reframe that. Let's look, you know, through her eyes. Let's, um, yeah, the invitation, I guess it feels like that's been really key and powerful over the last few years.
4: Amber, what are you thinking? Um, Well, I was thinking too about how, um, for me, um, this journey of um, God as mother or this embodiment journey has also required me to lean into the mystery of God and all that I don't know. And so that, I mean, it's been challenging for me as a person who wants to have certainty or wants to... Know what's coming, or know more about myself or about others, but I think it's also been um, really just kind of as you, as people had mentioned, that blowing open experience of all. There's there's this whole mystery that I don't always completely understand about myself, and that I don't always completely understand and grasp about God. And that's totally, and letting that be is just, I mean, there's some, such a beauty in that too, in the mystery and embracing that mystery. Yeah, I think, and, um,
1: that to me is what is so exciting about encountering God as mother is that it's just another facet of, of it's getting to know a little bit more of that, which is unknowable. and. Um, getting to see a little bit more of that of which we will never get to see fully, you know, on on this side of eternity. Um, And so with that, I'm curious, how else would you describe God as mother? Like some of the characteristics we've named is embodied. Like there's a real physicality to motherhood. We've said nurturing. Um, I would add constancy. As I was thinking and praying about this and thinking about God as mother, I was like, you know, I don't know that anybody would have ever had the like clockmaker theory if we had always thought of God as mother. Cause nobody thinks a mom's going to set things up and just walk away and disappear. Mm. (laughs) Like a mom stays like, yeah. So, but I'm curious what else, what else?
3: Um, I've seen God as nature as the elements of nature. Um, wild, I think, in a way, right? There's this kind of playful wildness of being in nature. And um, yeah, I mean, just, I feel like that is where I find God. And, you know, you talked about, Lauren, kind of like, what are what are the messages? Or um, what are we displaying for our children? And I feel like what's been potent for me is that sense of cultivating awe and wonder um for them for myself but that is how i see like that's what i want my faith to be i think bottom line and to be in awe of god and to have wonder of god and i find that um physicality with nature being the primary source right now
2: for Mm -hmm. me
0: that's great and just the fact that we call Nature, Mother Nature. There's, for I don't know. I, I I don't know the the roots of that. When we started giving all of all of nature the the feminine attributes and God the the male, um, but yeah, the physicality of the idea of motherhood uh, and connecting that with the rest of creation is a beautiful thing.
2: I, I was um, reading in the scripture, and just the, the especially um, the Job, or the Isaiah passage and the Job passage. I just went and read the text today, and I was struck with um, creating, especially the Job, I mean, really cre- creation creating, Um, and um, birthing, and um, setting boundaries, (laughs) marking boundaries. That was in the Job passage. Um, And um, I just was struck by that as, as a very mothering thing um setting up boundaries protection setting up limits setting up safe spaces and unsafe spaces challenges even um for growth or uh there was just that job passage was just filled with god as powerful and protective and um Strong and creative, and it was so beautiful to read the entire passage as feminine
0: mm.
2: not just that verse, the verse of you know where the womb is mentioned, but it to, to, to go back over it and just read it um, as all feminine.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, It gave me, it made me appreciative of my mom. Uh, I just began thinking about her own strength as a single parent and um, how hard she worked and how much she poured into me and for our life. Um, And to have what we had, to have to, be the one that provided everything. Um, And so I, I just see, you know, that that's all feminine. Just as much feminine as it maybe could be considered masculine. We just need to take that different, see it in that different light. Again, to me, it's human taking it out of this or that. But then, but we need to own it. I want to own it as a woman. <laughs> Native and powerful. Because I feel like maybe we've not been allowed to own that in some way. Yeah, I don't need to be whiny when I say that. I just think it's true.
4: And when I, when you say that, Katrina, I also just think of, I think of um, just the concept of intuitive, like, I, I don't know, based on what you're asking, Laura, and just this idea that we have it in us, um, and again, I don't completely understand that, I was also thinking too, just about um, this characteristic of, I'm not sure I have the right word for it, but just Such an individualized approach, I know that I take with my kids. Like, my, you know, Emerson needs something totally different than Olivia has needed. And I think in the process of mothering, I've had, I mean, I knew that intellectually, but I have learned more about how to meet with or figure out what each of them needs by mothering them over time, if that makes sense. It's like an intuitive thing that I've learned as I've mothered. Which is so intimate,
1: um, and yeah, speaks a intimate, loving relationship with God um, and I hear, so we are talking as um you know as as four moms and one dad, and and yeah, I hear in what you're saying things that um. I'm thinking about how this is not just relevant to mothers and this is not just relevant to fathers in the same way we don't expect just dads to pray to God our father. Um, And so maybe to close our time, are there, um, I'm not quite sure how to ask this. I, I guess I'm wondering like what you would say about God as mother for those who are not parents. Um, and something I would say, uh, Katrina, as you were talking about creating, it reminded me of a John O'Donoghue quote I just saw today that as along the lines of the, it, the truest human tendency is to birth and that we are all creators and that we're all invited to birth. And I think how cool is that? How cool that all of us can be invited into, like truly birthing and creating our synonyms and, mm. To think about, like, what does it mean to to think about how we are all invited to be mothers in that way, how we're all invited to be creative, how we're all invited to have nurturing, intimate, um, protective relationships. Um, Yeah.
3: To build off that, too, I read a quote. It was, creativity after all is God's first language. It is our mother tongue, a way to converse and commune with God and with the world. Mm, that's yeah, I love that, that idea of the way we create is a way of speaking with God, the creator who's created us and is continual in creativity. Mm. Uh, that's constant and it's perpetual. Um,
0: mm-hmm. And that, <laughs> all of that really leads me to thinking about my, myself as the environmentalist that I am and the desire to care for the earth. And I've, I've often struggled to find men really willing to enter into that. um, And often find, you know, more collaboration and, and connection on environmental issues, especially as a Christian with women in the church. yeah that's pretty interesting i think there definitely is a feminine side to to the to the care of creation as well as our own creativity but also the the ability for us to love and care for the earth um takes a a more uh feminine acceptance of the divine and yeah
2: I love, um, I really love moving beyond, at, at this stage in my life, you know, God as male, God as female, and into create, you know, that God is creating, and that that creating is coming from his womb, her womb, the, the womb, the womb of God. Mm. And, it's, and it's relational. And it's longing and desiring and wooing. Um, and that's for everyone. And, and that we all have that seed in us as as image bearers, that seed of longing for connection and longing and, ex- and creative expression and passion that is human.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then that takes takes it into enlarges that this for everyone, this birthing is much more than just the physical mothering and fathering, but um, it's a common human bond that we're all in, all expressing our human predicament, human character.
0: Hmm. Well, thank you, everybody. That was great. Um, I think people really enjoy listening to this conversation. It was uh, a gift to me to be able to participate with you and listen and learn from the four of you today.